pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. Hey there. Uh, Welcome to This Feels Terrible, the podcast, Uh, your favorite podcast about relationships, love, sex, marriage, uh, life, Um, today, God. Uh, This podcast that we did today, this recording, this episode of the podcast is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, My guest on the podcast this week is the um, beautiful, effervescent, wise, a spiritual, fantastic, kind-hearted Yvette Nicole Brown. You know her as uh, Shirley from the show Community. She's uh, she's wonderful, and this this interview is fantastic, and she's fantastic because she offers a uh, a much different perspective from uh, other other guests that we've had in the past. She's a uh, she's she's spiritual and. Um, she is a celibate. She she practices celibacy, which is really fascinating and and cool. Uh, I was really excited to have her on uh, on a personal level because, as as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I I grew up in a very uh, religious household. My father was and still is a pastor, and I grew up very like very, very Christian and very like not, not rebellious Christian, like very, very into it. And, um, like very passionate about my faith, which kind of, uh, kind of just, uh, well, it didn't just float away. I mean, that's (laughs) a very silly way to, to put that, but, um, it's a, it's not, I stopped calling myself Christian when I was about 18 years old, but I still, uh, have a, have a connection to, Christianity and uh, so it was really nice talking to Yvette and talking to her about her experience um, so yeah please enjoy this uh, this interview with uh, the lovely uh, Miss Yvette Nicole Brown Hey, Yvette. Hi, Erin. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Good. Great. So happy to have you on the podcast. I'm so honored to be on the podcast. I um, had to push by two hours and I was glad you could accommodate me. Of course. Mm. You're a very good uh, communicator. Oh, yeah. They're very, very on it. <laughs> yeah, my, my phone calls immediately and my, oh my God, they're always alarmist phone calls. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me. I give long apologetic phone calls and emails. It's crazy. Oh, well, it all it all worked out. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. So I um, this is obviously a, a dating and relationship podcast. And I uh, I know very little about your um, 
your relationship with the dating world. You are <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> How do? Where did you? Where did you grow up? You're from Los Angeles, right? No, I, I grew up in East Cleveland, Ohio. From oh, Cleveland. yeah, Midwest. Midwest girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your parents? What was your What was your family like growing my up? My mom and dad divorced when I was one. Oh, okay. Um, my dad is still in L.A. My mom is in uh, I'm still in Ohio. Sorry. My mom is in L.A. with me and I have an older brother who's, who lives in Inglewood. So we're all most of us are out west. All right. Yeah. So when we when I asked you to be on the podcast, <laughs> you you uh, sent me a very sweet email back saying, yes, of course, I'd love to. I don't have a lot to <laughs> <laughs> to give. I mean, and, and I have a lot to give theoretically about love and relationships. And I mm-hmm. feel like I've been a good girlfriend. I, I know that I've um taking my licks in love but as far as like having that long-term love where I'm like yes when I was with James for 12 years no I don't have that kind of relationship uh experience and then um because I'm a Christian I'm celibate so there's no real like raunchy like yeah and then he threw me over like I don't have those either so I was like this is going to be dry bones for you Aaron today so I hope you can you can mine something out of this no it's 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 great we um because I was I was brought up very Christian, mm-hmm. as the listeners know, and my dad is a pastor mm. and uh, was very into abstinence and mm-hmm. uh, like evangelical, non-denominational, like rock and roll mm-hmm. Christian culture growing up. And then kind of drifted away from that. And I've had other guests on the show who have uh, John Daly and Pete Holmes who have had like similar experiences, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever had a, uh, a practicing Christian on the show. Yeah, because you you do it in LA. Right. <laughs> Your podcast is based in LA. If you probably went more back to the the, the flyover stage state, you'd probably find more people like me. Do you do you feel that? Like do you do you feel like there aren't very many Christians? I think in LA? that no, no, I think there are a lot of Christians in LA. I just think that they're not maybe not as many that are trying to keep to base to be celibate and abstinent. I think right. that um and it's a personal decision. Like there's no mm-hmm. judgment to those that, that choose not to do it. It's a personal decision. I just know that um, relationships are hard enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I know that are sleeping with different people, they're not ending up with those people. So they just end up with a long string of people over 10 or 15 years that they've slept with. Right. That they've given, I believe, the best thing they have to give to someone. And it hasn't lasted. And right. there's this thing I learned in my church, actually in L.A. when I got here, uh, it's called a soul tie. And it's where every time you have sex with someone, a little bit of your soul gets mixed in with their soul. And that's why when you leave each other, it's like, because that person is like ripping that piece of their soul from you and going on their way. And so that's why you can smell something that reminds you of them and you're back in that place or you'll hear a song and you're back in that place. Um, And I just I love so hard anyway. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to have like 12 soul ties walking around (laughs) L.A. Every time I go to Ralph's, I'm getting tugged back towards someone. So it's just easier for me to to wait until God gives that guy got to me. I love that concept of soul tie. Oh, it's deep. Yeah, I I, I think I believe in that on a spiritual level. But Mm -hmm. then also like on a scientific level, you you know, say that like when, when you sleep with somebody, women, especially like they're a bio, like a, a chemicals released in your brain that yeah. makes you like addicted to addicted their... to them. And when yeah. you think about it, not to be too anatomically gross or involved, you're allowing something inside of your body. They mm-hmm. are becoming a part of you for a certain amount of time, hopefully long enough to make you happy. But they're in there <laughs> for a certain amount of time. And, you know, that's you know, you I, you wouldn't let me just walk up and put my finger up your nose. Right. Or walk and just put my finger in your mouth. I would upset me. You would be upset, but but, but people like, given would, our I, <laughs> right. Like, given our dynamic, I wonder what that would be like. Like I'm I'm dating your 
ex boss my boss right i have a lot of respect for you i'd probably be like oh hello but you would be like a random person like say you didn't know me and you walk down the street certainly we meet at a bar or something and we we drink a couple of drinks and i just stick my finger up your nose you'd be like whoa like what is but we'll just say here come on in in other areas and you don't think about it like there's parts of your body that should be I think kept sacred and and saved and shared with those that are worthy and I think sometimes people don't take time to figure out if the person's really worthy and that's why there's so many heartbreak so much heartbreak out there I think mm. do you know um are you familiar with the true love weights program is that that's the high school Christian yeah, thing yeah that's like the, mm-hmm. ab- the high school absence yeah oh, okay do you do you do you have any like thoughts on I that? think look this is the other thing about it I don't think most people are wired to wait, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I think that especially when you're young and you fall in love, like that first love is so strong and so forceful and it feels like forever mm-hmm. that I think it's kind of hard to tell a 17 year old who's having those hormones for the very first time, like you don't really love Johnny. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. Sally's like, yes, I do. Yeah. You know, so I think it's kind of harder to um, to fight it at that stage. But I'm a grown up. Mm-hmm. And I I know what those feelings are. I know what those emotions are. I'm not, I've been to the rodeo. I've been in love before. So I'm not as swayed by the Johnnies of the world because a little rumbling is happening in my stomach. So the slack that I will cut children and not children, my God, not children, but the <laughs> slack I will cut young adults as they're finding their way and taking their lumps and making their mistakes is different than the the standard I hold myself to because I'm not naive about mm-hmm. love. I'm not naive about relationships. I'm not naive about what sex brings. Sometimes the diseases that sex brings and the unwanted pregnancies that sex brings. I'm not naive to that. So it's kind of hard for me as a grown woman to go out in the world as if I'm 17 and having that first blush of love. You got to right. come with a lot more than being hot yeah. and offering me a drink at a bar for me to go, here you go. Ta-da! <laughs> it's, it's more important to me than that. And I, I would love a man that realizes it's more important than that. So I see. You know. Are you are you practicing celibacy until marriage or until like- I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not. Um, I just think that it's important for me. And again, there's no judgments for anybody else. And sure. I'm not saying that, you know, I won't fall like you just you never know what is going to happen, who you're going to meet. But I'm saying it is my sincere desire. It mm-hmm. is my goal, my hope, my dream, my prayer that the next time I have sex is with my husband. I would love for that to be the case, you know? So, you know, fingers crossed, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed and legs crossed. What do you say to the, uh, to people who, who respond to that by saying like, well, how can you know that your intimacy is going to be like as, like functional and fluid as you would. I, kind of, I said I couldn't have said that grosser. Yeah, sorry, like, right. like less like, fluid, with less fluid, fluid, fluid and functional. No, my thought is, um, <laughs> if you love the person, it's worth working on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got the rest of your life, then what's the rush? If it's not hitting you right or it's not happening the way you want, you just go, babe, I, can you do this? Or babe, I like this. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to teach whoever you're with anyway. So mm-hmm. wh- what's the difference? Right. Right. And yeah. and the people that have this amazing connection and this amazing sex, they don't always end up together either. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better for me to build a foundation of love, respect and um, faith, you know, and then work on the sex. If that's not where it needs to be once we get married, then to work on the sex and then realize once we get married that the faith and the love and the trust is not as strong as it needs to be. You know, I'd rather work on the good stuff first that the foundational stuff first and then the other part of it, the intimacy, intimacy part. I got the rest of my life with this guy to figure out how to, you know, make each other happy in that way. Yeah. You Do know, you, like I miss the 
when I mean, when I was when I was a practicing Christian, I really like f- f- the entire time, like maybe up until like the last like year of me saying that I was Christian really was very in love with that. And mm-hmm. uh, one, of, one of my favorite parts of being a practicing Christian, being, a, being in a community mm-hmm. that all believes the same thing is the idea that you are, that like when you find somebody, when you find a partner, you're putting, you can't fail because you put God at the center of your mm-hmm. relationship. And like, I, I, like lately, like I've tried to, I've tried to talk to people about that. And I feel like I've forgotten what that means. Hmm. Uh, do you, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I do but, know what like, you're talking what, about. What do you, what do you think that means? Like when you put like, God, like a Christian couple that puts God, I in think the, the bottom line is, is when you hit hard times, instead of packing a bag and walking out the door and maybe even before you have the car conversation that may lead to somebody packing a bag and leaving out the door, mm-hmm. you go to God and you go, right. I want to kill him. <laughs> Jesus, please stop me from killing him. Please remind me what's wonderful about him. Please remind me why I fell in love with him in the first place. Please hold my tongue until I can say exactly what you would have me say when he walks through the door. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that and he's doing that, then you're both walking into the fight that could lead to somebody packing a bag and leaving out the door with God in the center. Right. So I've prayed, he's prayed. So when we see each other, even if it's a little tight, it's like, well, how was your day? You know what I mean? Cause that's what God let me say. Instead of, I hate you. I want you to leave. It's how yeah. was your day? And then you might be able to build something that saves the relationship. I think it's the idea of when things get tough, instead of turning to other substances or other people, you turn to each other and go, can we, I'm not feeling this right now. Can we pray about right. this? Because I'm feeling a little crazy. I still love you. I don't want to step out on you. Can we pray about it? So that to me is the way that you keep God in the center of a relationship. And it works for friendships too and business mm-hmm. associates and whatever. You know, I I pray a lot. I prayed a lot on the community set. <laughs> I prayed a lot at that table, honey. So, you know, you just, he's, he, you know, for me as a Christian, it's, it's never about judgment. It's never about, um, pointing fingers at what other people are doing for me it's really figuring out what's what works for me and trying mm-hmm. to have a life that I feel honors God and for me that's stuff like I talk about it on Twitter all the time it's about being c- careful with people being kind with people um everybody is going through something everybody I don't care if it's the richest person on the planet if it's the poorest person on the planet everybody has some sort of struggle and trial that makes life difficult for them and you may look at someone else and struggle ah oh, that's nothing but for them, it's everything. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you know, if you look at people and deal with them from the fact that they might be going through something, then maybe you won't be a little flippant or a little snarky with them, especially on Twitter. The things that <laughs> strangers say to strangers, uh, I have never in my life seen such rudeness uh-huh. to people that you don't know. Not that you should be rude to people you know, but yeah. my what, goodness. What, what is it like being a Christian on Twitter? Oh, pray, I pray so much. <laughs> <laughs> I pray so much on Twitter. If, if you guys can see the tweets I want to send, me and my flesh, <laughs> like Yvette from East Cleveland wants to send. Right. And I'll be a, a right about to hit that little sin. The Lord go, you sure you want to you wanna tell them that? You sure that's what you want to say? <laughs> One of these days is just show your draft. Folder. You know, I joke about creating <laughs> like a a dummy Twitter page that I don't tell anybody about. It's like the first draft Twitter page. (laughs) So all of that little stuff can just be there for me to go back and go, yeah, I told her, but I didn't tell her, you know? So (laughs) yeah, I just, I I never feel good when I'm, when I'm hateful, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's why I choose not to be hateful because it doesn't feed my spirit. It doesn't make me feel good. Even that momentary of like, yeah, that lasts like two seconds. And then there's the fallout of 
you having said something or done something that has really affected another human being. And if we were to really accept and understand that we're not separate, like we go through life, like we're in our own little bubble, Mm -hmm. right? But we're not, we're all connected, whether we know each other or not, whether we're from the same state or not, whether we're the same race, we're all connected. We're all God's kids. And so when you cut someone else or, or hurt someone else, you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we realize that, you know, not to get too hokey and Pollyanna, but I just think we should take better care of each other. You know, that's my, that's my goal in life. Do you ever tell people like, I, I struggle with like whether or not to tell somebody when they've really hurt me. Do you just leave it alone? The people in my life? No, or just uh, anonymous people like on Twitter or other other places. Do you ever say when something hurts? You know, your yeah, if something bothers me to that extent. I do, but again, because I'm grown and I've lived through so much more. Like somebody saying I don't like you or I don't like Shirley or whatever think the thing they think that's really going to get me. Yeah. It doesn't get me. I've got real life issues. Like I said, everybody's got <laughs> real stuff to deal with. So somebody right. in Peoria, not liking the, the, the shirt Shirley wore or the tone of Shirley's voice or whatever they say on Twitter <laughs> doesn't really bother tell me you when they don't like, isn't that crazy? They do like, I don't like the way your voice sounds. It's like, whatever, get a life. What a, what a life. I mean, it doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme uh-huh. of things. But, um, I will speak up when I feel that people are being rude on my page and not just to me, to anyone, because mm-hmm. I don't tolerate if there's anything I don't tolerate. It's rudeness. There's no reason. There's always a way to use your words to make things better for someone. Even if you're yeah. disgruntled or upset, there's a way to say it like, oh, Aaron, I really didn't appreciate, you know, that you didn't offer me any pretzels when I got here. It would have oh, been God, nice. Do you want some pretzels? It would nice to so have a sorry. snack. I'm just saying so it would have been sorry. nice to have some pretzels here. And it just, did you didn't think about it? I just, <laughs> next time, could I have, yeah. you know, instead of going, I can't believe you don't have, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just a way um, to but do But really, do you want some pretzels? I really don't. I okay. really don't. I have my water and I got this new love for pistachios. I don't know where that came from. Oh, because they're like, delicious. They're, they're del- delicious. I never, my whole life, two things I've had this week that I've never had before, pistachios and s- split pea soup. Oh. And I am a fan <laughs> of both. Send your, different send, thing. Right, send your I, split pea <laughs> to P.O. Box. Where did you spend your week? In, um, in Holland, <laughs> in a car. In a car in Holland. You know, I found this little deli near my house that makes split pea soup that tastes like liquid mashed potatoes. I'm oh. in. I don't know how much sugar, fat, butter, whatever is in them, but they said they're vegan. And I'm going to trust what they say at this lovely deli. And I've been ordering it by the court. So oh, oh there you go. Pistachios yeah. are great because they're they're an activity. They're a snack. They are a snack. You got to work for those pistachios. Yeah. What does pistachio ice cream taste like? Um, It taste <laughs> is it sweet or is it is like it's, nutty? It's 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 sweet, but it is a little it, it's. You know, I've never thought that pistachio ice cream tasted like pistachios. pistachios okay. But it, in the same way that like gl- grape flavored things taste mm-hmm. good sometimes. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. But, but I, you know, I haven't had high quality <laughs> pistachio, pistachio ice, cream. ice cream. I know that we've taken this down a real different tangent, guys. No, but I was fun. just wondering because there's the, the pistachio is so delicious. I'm like, how does it taste? It's ice cream. Okay. Back to your, oh, delicious. your podcast. Also, Sorry. cashews. They're very tasty. Very tasty. Very expensive. They are very expensive. They're so expensive. Why are they so expensive? I, I don't know. I think because uh, one guy has a tree. <laughs> one guy has a cashew tree. And his name is Cashew. I Mr. love cashew. Mr. Cashew. He won't share any of his seeds. Please lower your prices, Mr. Cashew. <laughs> I also like, uh, well, no, fired no, up like on food, that. Not right. Uh, raw almonds from raw the Raw almonds with no, from, What? 
I have a lot. I mean, I promise you. So when happy I get to home, introduce you I to this. I promise you, when I get home, they're going right in the freezer. Well, almonds are are like one of the uh, quote unquote superfoods, Super right? And they retain more of their nutrients when you keep them in the freezer for some How reason. How hard are they to bite into, though? Because they're Not hard. pretty, really? Because they're tough on their own. I'm thinking if they're frozen, it would be a little harder. I think it's actually easier. Really? Yeah. Because they're, happening. Less, they're it's slightly happening. less chewy. Life, lives are being changed right now, everybody. I'm yeah. trying it as soon as I get home. But they're, uh, they're delicious. And uh, at my most... When I've had the when I've had the most uh, eating difficulties, I've just <laughs> lived off of uh, almonds, almonds and uh, apples. I don't recommend that. But. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, That's, okay, off of food. <laughs> so that uh, you mentioned you were talking about first uh, first loves being mm-hmm. being really uh, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't saying run out there and have sex, kids. I wasn't. <laughs> if you're 17, go have sex. That's not what I was saying. I'm just saying it's harder to to understand the differences between your choices and stuff when you're that age yeah um so when who was your who was your first love oh are we changing names here uh do whatever you'd like um i won't say his name because he's married with kids um but he was fabulous he was intelligent he was athletic um he lives in colorado now and we talk every year on our birthday still Oh, since we were 17, we've called each other each year on our birthdays. And his wife knows it's not like his wife is like, what? Right. No, his wife knows. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. No, his <laughs> wife knows. You've been uh, doing what? No. <laughs> Let's name him. Can we name him Alex? We can is name him okay? Alex. It's actually a perfect name for oh, him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where did you where did you meet him? We met in um, high school. He was a year behind me in high school. I like him young. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, he's a year behind me. And um, I think we might have had a couple of honors classes together. I can't remember. I just feel like he was always there. And we were friends first, which I think is always better to be friends first. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it goes back to the foundation stuff I'm talking about of, you know, trust and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I can't imagine. And this might be my downfall now while I'm still single. I can't imagine anything better than being married to your best friend. Like, I can't yeah. imagine what how great it would be to have someone that knows all your all your faults all your mm-hmm. flaws who is your road dog that kind of deal yeah. and um and i think alex set that kind of um standard when we were younger because we i remember he had an older brother he still has he's he's alive he has an older brother <laughs> and his older brother um i think one time i was over his house and he had just gotten this little mustang and it was like used so the um the seat covers were garbage like it was you know it's like yeah. that that leather that pleather cracks and so i was um outside sewing new seat covers like I had we had bought seat covers and we had cut the top off and I was sewing them to fit his um his um car seats and his brother came out and was like man you guys really take care of each other like and we were like 17 he's like you know when I grow up and this guy was like 20 21 he's like when I grow up I want to have a relationship like this because we really watched out for each other and Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I might have got it all in so young that it's enough to carry me as long as it has because it's like I mean I've had other boyfriends and stuff but I, it's like I'm still chasing a high in yeah. that sense, you know, that first love high that you chase. And it's like, oh, God, he was great, you know, and he's still great. He's still a great guy and he's a great husband and father to his wife and kids. So. How did it end? Um, we were in I was in college. He was a year behind me. I think it was my first or second year in college. I can't remember because we ended it when I went to college. But it mm-hmm. kind of was like that lingering still. Yeah. You know, I would go home for the holidays and stuff. Um Oh, this is how it really ended. I can't believe I forgot this. There was a rumor that he denies to this day that he cheated <laughs> on me with his ex-girlfriend. Uh, and I found out on my birthday, birthday, 
Joe, Joe McHale makes fun of the way I say birthday all the time because I don't say my <laughs> THs. I think it's racist, but whatever. Um, but it was my birthday and um, his best friend had come and told me, oh, he's cheating on you with, with this girl. Let's call her Mary. He's cheating on you with Mary. Oh. And Mary was like, Ugh, she was kind of, Mary had, yeah. Been, she had, it was probably true. She wasn't sewing seats. She, she was, was taking yeah, her clothes off. Yeah, she, she might have. It, it or I don't seemed, know, that was really me. I was no, slut shamed the person it's, that I've no, never No, it done. seemed that it may have been true. It just seemed like it wasn't like somebody said that somebody was sleeping with me. Like, you'd be like, no, not even that, but no, Mary probably. Right. Um, he denied it. To this day, he denies it. But, you know. I broke up with them. And this is something that's so funny that we that we've talked about since we broke up years and years and years ago. He said to me when we were dating, he said, I'll never I'll never break up with you. He said, I will never break up with you. And I said, so you're saying to me that if we if we break up, it'll be because I break up with you. He said, yeah, I'll never break up with you. He said, so if you never break up with me, we'll be 60 years old, 70 years old, Aww. sipping lemonade on a front porch. And I was thinking, well, I'll never break up with him. He's great. <laughs> sure enough, I broke up with him, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but it was because he cheated. He denies it, but he did. Yeah. Ooh. What was what was 17 year old of that like? Oh, God, I was kind of a, a lot like me now. I was I was always pretty happy um, overachiever. I was like in the choir and the drama ministry or drama drama club. Um, I was a high stepper, which is like the cheerleaders for the band having little pom poms. Um, oh. National Honor Society, se- senior class treasurer, you know, that chick. But what I loved is that I've also always loved people. So mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people that was just like with the nerdy clique or just with the popular clique. I was really friends with everybody um, in the school because I thought everybody was awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so why should I just be with the people in my class or the people on my street or the people that sing in the choir? Like everybody's pretty cool. So why not get to know everybody? So it was kind of like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you date in college? Um, I did... There were two guys in college that I dated. Both had the same name. Let's call them Daryl. Two Daryls. Um, <laughs> one was like a super overachiever. Like he was working with the Democratic Party when he was 21, 22. Um, right after college, moved to Columbus, which is our capital, our, our state capital of Ohio. Moved to um, to Columbus and was working for, was it Bill Clinton's campaign? I can't remember. I think it was probably Clinton's campaign at that time. Um, and then the other, um, Daryl was a, <laughs> I'm going to mess up before this is over. <laughs> the other Daryl was like a soccer player and just sweet, you mm-hmm. know, and also he was a year younger. The other Daryl was my age. The other Daryl was a year younger. Um, the first Daryl went on and got, got married, had kids. The second Daryl had kids, but never married. And he may not even be married now. He might be dating someone, but like every six months or so, he kind of resurfaces and go how's it going because he was my guy the second Daryl was my guy where it was like if we never if we don't have someone by the time we're 35 we're going to get married right right. everybody has one of those (laughs) so the second Daryl was my guy like that but there's issues with the second Daryl because the second Daryl stood me up for a wedding when we were in our 20s and come to find out that he stood me up because he was living with this is a dirty story and and if Daryl is listening he knows it's dirty he was he was living with another girl who was in my sorority uh dirty he was living with another girl and thought that he would just sneak out and come up to he was living in um I think it was Dayton at the time Dayton Ohio 
he was thinking he would just come up to uh, to Cleveland and go to this wedding with me without his living girlfriend saying, where are you going? Yeah. So she found out where he was going, who he was going to see, and it blew up. So he just never showed up. Oh, boy. Did she know? So she had no idea that she, you guys were. Well, she knew. No, I dated him before her. Like, she's like right, the right, girl right. after me. But I would have never invited him to the wedding if I knew that he was yeah. with her. Like, I yeah. wouldn't do that. I Let me say this, too, while we're on this. Women, we have to be better to each other when it mm-hmm. comes to guys. Um, we're the gatekeepers. And I think we've lost our, um, our places that because society says, you know, be a little bit more free with yourself than probably is fair to other women. And I say that meaning, and it's not the shaming thing you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of we'll hear that a man is in a relationship and he's happy. Mm -hmm. And instead of being happy for that woman that he's with and supporting her and going good for her, she got somebody. There are women that will try to steal that man. Yeah. And my thought is, if you had him, even if he's fabulous, if you had him, wouldn't you want to have your shot at happiness with him? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like it if other people would just back off and give you a chance to build whatever it is you guys right. are going to build? It's a respect for it's a respect. Like we have mm-hmm. to respect other women in their relationships and say no, even if the guy is coming to us. No, thank you, sir. You have someone. You're with someone. Break up with her. Work it out. Whatever you're going to do, please don't involve me in this. You know, so I've never been a girl that's ever knowingly done another girl dirty like that because love is hard enough to find. It's hard enough to find someone that you like, that likes you at the same time, likes you at the same amount. You know what I mean? That you you like each other's jokes and whatever. And you finally find that person. There's like 12 girls outside going soon as she drops the ball. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? We got to support each other and be like, again, it goes back to we got to be better to each other. And I'm not putting all the the weight and responsibility on women, but it's like, we're the ones that get to say no to advances. And we're the ones that get to decide whether we're going to step back and let another girl have her shot with the man that loves her, mm-hmm. that she loves. That's not, let them have a little cocoon of happiness and you find <laughs> your own cocoon of happiness. Sure. Has, so. uh, aside from that first relationship with Alex, have you ever had a boyfriend cheat on you? I, well, Daryl, well, I mean, I don't know. Was right. I was I the I don't know. Was I cheated on? Did he cheat on? Was I the cheaty cheater? I don't, I don't know. Have you ever been in a committed relationship where like you sus- suspected someone of cheating or if, had someone cheat on? You, you know what? No, because what happened after Alex was I go into relationships going, look, this is the deal. I have no problem with you leaving me. <laughs> no problem at all. What I don't want to be a part of is an unknowing triangle. I don't want there to be someone else in my relationship that I'm unaware of. So if there's ever a time when I don't do it for you anymore and somebody else makes you happier, just tell me you can go away. You can happily with my blessing, you can go away. So when it starts that way, there's really no uh, plus in hiding anything because yeah. I'm like, unless they're a bad person, <laughs> I hope that I haven't I, dated I, I, any bad people though. I hope that I'm, I'm, I have enough discernment where I can, you know, kind of tell. Cause again, I'm older now. Like, the idiots I may have dated when I was younger in my early twenties or whatever. I'm not that chick anymore. Like I get it. Right. I get it. And I've been in love. This is a thing. I think sometimes when I see people choosing these horrible relationships where they're not getting anything back in return and when they're not appreciated and loved and cherished, you must not have really ever been in love. Cause if you've ever been in love, real love, you will not be able to settle for anything less than that. Mm -hmm. If you really know what it feels like for someone to have your back and believe in your dreams and support you and encourage you and love you. And it's reciprocal where you feel the same for them. Some guy not returning your calls or your texts or you're finding different 
bras and whatever around your house, you won't put up with that. You'll know that you deserve better than that. You'll know that you're worthy, more worthy, of, you're worthier. Is that a word? Worthier <laughs> of that, you know, than that. So, um, of more than that. That's what I'm trying to say. So, no, Babe. I can, I can sense, you know, I just joined match.com <laughs> and it's so funny because I mean, I might be too wise for my own good when it comes to this stuff. Cause the guys are this one guy and he's still trying. This one guy came at me like, yeah, you know, I got a Maserati. I'm like, wrong chick. I could care less what you drive. You know, yeah. he talked about, yeah, you know, I make all this money. I got my own money. Could care less about your money. Are yeah. you decent? Are you kind? Are you creative? Do you know who the Lord is? Even if you're not following him completely, do you know that he exists, please? So it's that kind of stuff that I'm looking for. What you drive, what you wear, how you look, who you know, like, mm -hmm. That doesn't matter to me. And I think a lot of people are so used to uh, women being um, impressed and looking for the one that's going to save them from whatever mm -hmm. that they push that, you know, hey, I got this money and I got this car and I got and it's like that. Good for you. Good for you. But w w let's talk about your character. What do you how do you what do you do with your taxes? You pay your taxes on time. You know, how's your credit? And not because I want you to buy <laughs> me something, but, but because right. But because I don't have to buy you anything. Is your credit good so that if we right. choose to get married and get a house and we can both put our names on it? Like what's happening with your inside? You know, <laughs> do you pray? Do you have good friends that love you? Mm -hmm. Do you donate money to charities? Like, let's talk about that stuff. The Maserati could care less. Right. You know, but that's yeah. you know, that's a lot of what you know, you got to weed through sure. in life. Back to what you're saying about like love and what real love is. I think it's all, I, I'm sure you've like witnessed friends who, who just have totally different, um, you know, measuring sticks mm -hmm. or, and needs and, uh, like different, what am I trying to say? Well, I, I it's, it's the, your, your, uh, view of love is very, uh, healthy. I think that there are a lot of our listeners, especially like wish that they, that's like, that's the first battle. I was like, I mm -hmm. wish that that's how I, I wish that that's what I wanted. I wish that I yeah, really wanted somebody who was supporting me instead of somebody who made me feel, makes me feel bad because my parents made me feel right. bad. Or I, and, but you know, I think, and again, no judgment, everybody has their journey. And I think at a certain point, Cause I'm older, you know, your listeners are probably still in their twenties and stuff. I'm older. Oh yeah. All, all, oh. all different ages. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought they might be younger like you, but, um, the thing is you get to a point where you have been beat down so long mm -hmm. that you choose better for yourself just out of survival instincts. And the other thing, um, that I think people should think about, you don't have to learn the lesson because it happened to you. I've always been someone that believes in cautionary tales of other people. So sure, I could yeah. see somebody else choosing the wrong guy or choosing the wrong path. And I'd be like, well, that's apparently not the path I should ever, you know, I'm not <laughs> someone that I'm, I got to do it for myself. No, I don't. I don't have to experience it myself to know that this is bad. You don't have to, you can tell me that crack cocaine is bad. Mm -hmm. Smoking crack is bad. You can tell me that I don't have to try it to see for <laughs> myself. I can see enough people that have taken that road and have died or lost everything to know that's not something I should do. Sure. And it's the same with love. Like you don't have to be in an abusive relationship to know that it's not good. And I'm not talking about just somebody hitting you. Sometimes the words that that people say to each other in relationships mm -hmm. are even more um, 
you you wish somebody would punch you because at least the punch <laughs> would heal. These right. words just stay in your brain and they just go back and you're nothing. You don't matter. I don't love you. I hate what. Why would you be with someone in a relationship or a friendship that does not value you as a human being? Because why? you don't value yourself. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, my value, my value all always has come from who God says I am. It's not even what I say I am. And that's probably what saved me because if I'm listening to what God says, God says that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. So anything that in my mind that says, you're not pretty, you're too big, you're too, well, God says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> so sometimes you have to remind yourself. There's this great um, song by this uh, gospel singer called Fred Hammond. And I think the singer's name is Pam Kenyon. And the song is called I Anoint Myself, which means she reminds herself what God said about her because society may not tell her her boyfriend may not tell her her mother or her dad may not tell her but she will tell herself this is who I am this is what I'm going to be this is where I'm going and it's like when stuff gets hard sometimes you got to tell yourself I remember a friend of mine would write on her mirror and lipstick you are loved you are important you are talented whatever and days when she would wake up and go, <laughs> she'd be like oh <laughs> maybe I am. And sometimes you got to see it a few times for a few days before you really grasp. And it's not coming from some ego place where it's like, well, I'm fabulous. No, I'm a decent person and I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. And on most days, that's enough to get you through. I'm doing my best. Sure. And then the next day you try again and you do better and you do better and you do better. And the next thing you know, you're not uh, telling yourself these things that, that you're not worthy, which leads to you being with a mate that doesn't appreciate you. Gotcha. Let's yeah. talk about this Match.com profile. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Is it. this your first foray into online dating? I would say my first serious. I've dabbled. I think I dabbled in eHarmony before. Oof. <laughs> um, what was your experience? Oof, man, it was eHarmony was rough and not nothing against I, I, the commercials make it seem like some people are very successful on eHarmony. I did yeah. not have a lot of success on eHarmony. Did you go on dates and stuff? I did not because there was no one there. No one. They matched me with no one that I'm like, oh, Right. This guy, I'm like, this is, I mean, after you do the 12 hours of the questionnaire, yeah. you're thinking Mr. Brown is going to appear in your inbox <laughs> and there was no Mr. Brown. Like there was no one that only harmony that I saw that matched me in any way. So maybe I'm that weird and quirky, but what was it about the matches that you didn't like on eHarmony? I mean, some of them were, you know, outside of the region that I was asking for. Like it, it felt like unless you open it up to the whole world, you get no matches. Oh. And I don't want to date someone in, you know, Timbuktu. I, I'd like to see him and without having to get on a plane. Right. So it's like I didn't like that I had to open it up. And then um, it's on eHarmony. This is funny because I know if you listen to this podcast and other ones I've done, it seems like I'm so and I am really God centered. But I'm not one of those people where you say, how are you blessed and highly favored? I'm not that <laughs> chick. Like it's I'm not like super religious. I'm very, very spiritual, very, very uh, faith filled, but I'm not churchy. Gotcha. I've never been churchy. So a lot of the guys in eHarmony were really churchy and there's nothing against being churchy. It just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I need a guy that's more, you know, there's a saying that's don't be so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good. That's gotcha. a saying yeah. I've heard before. And um, I, I need you to come on down from the clouds. Yeah. Can you, can you, can you come on down? Let's, let's talk here on earth for a minute about, we can talk about God or whatever, but we come on down from the mountaintop for a minute. And I thought, felt like a lot of guys were up there getting their tablets. To come, to <laughs> was, come your, down. was your filter set to just match you with men who describe themselves as Christian? No, it was, I had everything from spiritual, but not religious to, mm. um, I had Jewish guys. I had pretty much everything except atheist and agnostic because I felt like if you don't 
believe in God, then there's really that's so much a part of who I am that yeah. I just wouldn't think we'd have a lot in common. Big value. Yeah, because I difference. pray a lot and stuff. And if you don't know who he is or you don't believe in him, you're going to be looking at me like I'm crazy half the time. So <laughs> I felt that those were the two that probably would not be a good match for me. But every other religion I was pretty much open to. Gotcha. On Match.com, like I'm, I'm not familiar. I filled out an OkCupid profile once. I heard that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and- it's good. It's It's free. Yeah, that's why um, I heard it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and it was fine. I I logged onto it because I just was uh, I was working in Atlanta for four months, and I was just I was looking yeah. for friends yeah. basically. Um, but with your Match.com profile, like, are there like? Can you, uh, what are some highlights? Like, do you, are there, are there things like describe yourself as a food? No, or, it's stuff like match is like really easy. Like it's not even as involved as eHarmony was like, you just do a little blurb hopefully to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you answer things like, you know, what the whole, what you're looking for, how age range and that stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, what's your favorite book? Describe your favorite book. What TV shows do you watch? That kind of stuff. So it's really facts more right. than anything. And I don't know that. I mean, you try to be witty, but you don't want to be that chick trying to be too witty. Mm-hmm. You know, yuck, yuck. You know, you don't want to be that girl. So it's 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 a it's a difficult, uh, not difficult. I don't want to call it difficult. It's an interesting dance, I'll say. Gotcha. Do you say on the because you're a you're a public figure and you're on a television show, how does that affect the profile and like online dating? Well, I, it's my picture, you know, because I I know that if I didn't put is a it picture, a still from Community? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a picture of me as Shirley because I look so sexy as Shirley. No, it's um it's pictures of me like um there might be maybe one or two from the red carpet if, if I looked, thought I looked really cute I might have you mm-hmm. know because they want full body shots and that's like the only time I really have full body shots. Um, and then there's like a, a, a picture a friend of mine took, you know? So if someone knows who I am or watches the show, they'll know that it's me. Right. My name isn't my name, but uh, I have okay. a different name, but the pictures are me. And I well, haven't had a lot of, I mean, there's been a couple of guys that surely from community. 29. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Was, well, how sad would I be if I did that? I don't know. Community girl, <laughs> community girl, five, seven, five. No, I can't decide if that would be lame or the best. That's thing so ever, really. lame that <laughs> let me help you. It's lame. Um, yeah, I had a couple of people that recognized me and they were really nice emails. But my thought was, well, you know, if you come like you're a fan of the show, then I'll just say thank you for watching the show, you know, because right. I'm grateful that you watch the show. But I'm not if you come like that at me, I'm not really going to be like, hey, you want to have coffee? Because you're you like the show and you and we had our conversation and that's fine. But right. that's, would you would you prefer for a date to have seen the show or not seen the show? I don't really if care. You had to choose. Um, if I had to choose. Probably not seeing the show, but I'm afraid if I say that there's Nielsen viewers that yeah. <laughs> want everybody to see the show. But um, how flattering if like all of a sudden they're like, what? Uh, I don't know what happened this week. in community. <laughs> 500 people watch the show. Exactly. Everybody else just, just it, once, once, uh, Nicole Brown. Right. Went, <laughs> and we all went to coffee and they, they started watching. But, um, <laughs> I think it's weird because I wouldn't want to have a first date that was all about community. Right. I really yeah. wouldn't. And our fans are so rabid that I think it would be hard to go out with a fan that wouldn't want to ask. I mean, if I went out with somebody on scandal, like if I went out with Columbus short on scandal, every question. So when you guys, when you and Olivia Pope, I mean, (laughs) that would have been my, is he the president? No, 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 no. Tony Goldwyn plays the president, but, um, Columbus Short is one of the gladiators. And if you haven't watched the show, no, I've seen it. I know I've seen it. Yeah. He's the black gladiator that works in her office. Um, but yes, like if I, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I got to spend time with someone that was on a show that I love, I'd be spending all my time asking about the show. Right. Love be damned. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Tell me about scandal. So I understand it. I just don't, I wouldn't want to spend, um, coffee talking about the show. 
right you know specifically yeah mm-hmm. sure it's understandable yeah um so oh i wanted to ask you like when you were talking about college were you were you practicing christian in college or were you practicing I, celibacy in college? i was a practicing christian in college i don't think i was wa- i definitely was not walking like i'm walking now <laughs> just leave it at that no i was not walking like i've always been celibacy celibacy has always been the goal I'll put it like that. I gotcha. And sometimes okay. the the goal is reached. Sometimes the goal is not reached. But it's always been the goal. Yeah. In your uh, in your relationships, like in the la- like in your in your twenties, like your I don't know how many like how how has well you just answered the question about celibacy, mm-hmm. but like are you what is your expectation of like the people that you're with? Well, you know, I I like to meet someone that respects it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I have friends actually that I have friends that were not virgins when they got with their boyfriends, but they had made a vow to to keep it holy till they got married. And they met men that were like, this sucks, but I love you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to wait, I'll wait for you. And one of them is getting married. Um, um, when is she getting married? The end of this month. Oh, okay. um, and she met a great guy that, you know, is also a Christian had never had a woman he loved enough to, to bend. Cause he wasn't celibate. And his mm-hmm. thought was, I don't see the reason. Just like you said, well, we, how will we know? And, but he loved her enough to go, well, if this is the way you want to date me. I want to date you so bad that I will abstain, right. you know, short courtship, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was short courtship, shorter short yeah. courtship, but you know, they're going to make it to that, that uh, altar having kept it holy unto God, which I think is beautiful. It's a beautiful gift to give each other. Certainly. Hey, everybody. Commercial. Uh, First of all, first and foremost, a couple tickets are left for This Feels Terrible Live on March 29th at the UCB Theater. Um, My guests are going to be Gillian Jacobs, also from Community, and uh, Dan Harmon, and also a super secret surprise musical guest. So uh, go to ucbtheater.com and click on the calendar, get your tickets there, or you can just Google This Feels Terrible UCB and you can get uh, tickets. uh, You can find the link that way. That's probably the easiest thing. Um, I would like to say a special thanks to Mr. Sean Sakame, the fantastic at Snap the Jap follow him he's great he he gave us a very generous donation and i i don't and this is not his first donation so i i'm gonna have to come up with a new a new way to uh to thank him and i think it's gonna be it's gonna be great still figuring it out if you would like to contribute to the podcast which i hope you do please go to feralaudio.com and click on the donate button. If you donate $10 or more, I'll send you a postcard that I make myself uh, or donate $50 or more and I will send you a painting. If you do that, please email me and tell me what you would like me to paint for you. Um, yeah, there's that. And then also, I, here's here's a special thing. So if you're kind of just like half listening to this, now, now totally listen up. Hey, hey, Dustin. Hey, producer Dustin. How you doing over there? Oh, God. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, Dustin, you're. How are you feeling? I know that. I know that you're sick. Yeah, I'm really sick. I have a cough drop in my mouth, and it hurts to talk. And of all, all the times, now you've given me a microphone. Yeah. Also, your eyes are moving slower than usual. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, someone's I'm dying. really sick when their eyes are moving like a lizard's. <laughs> Very. I do sick. have lizard qualities. Um, those of you who uh, are not familiar with uh, the the 
work of Dustin Marshall. He's responsible for Feral Audio in its entirety. It's 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 because of him that this podcast exists. He approached me after a live uh, This Feels Terrible at UCB. He uh, used to be at Earwolf, and then he uh, he now has his own network. He's also the producer of Harmontown. He also came along with us on tour when we when we were uh, when we were on tour with Harmontown. He also um, has a very sad and seemingly suicidal Twitter feed at Dustin Marshall. Yeah, it's caused it's it's caused a lot of problems. <laughs> My life. Well, it's a, it's, I, I have to apologize to people in person for my Twitter. <laughs> it happens constantly. I mean, it's just so dire. Also, you texted me the like D- Dustin. Dustin is one of my closest friends, and uh, like I feel like he's he's family and spends a lot of time with me and Dan and he texted me the other day I was like I was having lunch with some girlfriends and I get a text from Dustin that says I think I have AIDS (laughs) (laughs) remains to be seen so let's getting into your next segment (laughs) which you for sure don't have AIDS (laughs) like you just were feeling sick and immediately jumped to I think I have AIDS or I'm dying I think I'm gonna die well I got sick in the middle of the Harmontown tour and I, after talking to Neil you're, if you watch the movie you're gonna see a bunch of Kleenex up my nose I got a sinus infection got back to LA not a guy that likes to go to the doctor uh, when, <laughs> or take care of himself or sleep but or I, slow down but I like to make art and comedy it's my priority yeah uh, been sick for about you know two months now <laughs> won't go away <laughs> <laughs> but it will, but it will go away, which is us going into my my next suggestion, which I just came up with. Love will make it go away. <laughs> I'm gonna make a. We're gonna do a special um, date with Dustin episode, and this is what I would like, listeners. Um, Dustin Marshall is a very handsome, uh, career oriented man man in his uh, late twenties. He is sinewy. He. <laughs> I'm mostly sinew. <laughs> he's uh, he's slim. He's got he's got tight pants. He's got cool shoes. <laughs> he uh, dresses in mostly dark colors. He usually has a little knitted cap. I don't fucking wear plaid. He doesn't wear plaid, which makes him like very uh, unique. Uh, in this in this community if you are and he's he's fantastic he's like he's a really cool guy Mm. and i know uh is a potentially amazing boyfriend i would like don't talk to any of my (laughs) ex-girlfriends i i want to do i want to do a little um experiment and this doesn't have to be very high stakes this is just a it is for me (laughs) <laughs> it's life or death at this point. This is Dustin is so down on himself, uh, which is you know when you have a friend, everybody has a friend who's handsome and accomplished and driven, and just seems like they they don't they don't go on dates. <laughs> And I know it's because Dustin's very busy. I also know that he probably only invests time in going on a date if it if it meant that there was going to be a good podcast out of it. So that said, <laughs> um, we're going to do a special uh, a special episode, which will be called um, Dates with Dustin or A Date with Dustin. What I would like to do, if you were a, a young woman over 21 in Los Angeles. 25 or older. Tw- Dustin's saying 25 or older. 
but I think just you could just say 20 or, what if someone's 25 24? to 36 well 24 if you are 25 to 36 ideally or 21 or over um, and are single 100% single and you would I'll pay for it I'll send you guys, or maybe we'll have you over for a game night. Why, why would anybody do this? Why would it, why does anybody listen to this care? No one knows who I am or well, what I look no, like. No, but listen, but listen, but like if there, here's, Love here's doesn't why, exist in the world. Here, oh my God. This isn't, this I isn't think, a good idea. I think, and, and maybe this is the most destructive part of me. I think that hearing a man say like, love isn't real or like, I don't deserve to be loved. I have like such a big part of me. If I was single and I was listening to this, I'd be like, I'll show him what love is. I'll, 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 I'll fix it. So if you want to fix it. It's broke. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen. We should also know you should probably be a registered nurse. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, is, this is an experiment in audio theater. God. <laughs> what I'm thinking I'm gonna have to loop this theme under this For so long Oh no Well no 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 Change the Don't have it loop the entire time That'll be really annoying Don't well, have no, it, it does every episode Well I know But not this time What song do you want to be playing right now? I don't know So Some of your wrist cutting music Or whatever you listen to Whatever you kids are listening to Done <laughs> Black teardrops of Satan's Tears. I'm, I'm putting some of my own music underneath this right now. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so you, right now you're listening to D- Dustin Marshall's music. Wrist-cutting music. Oh, boy. I don't want to say that we're taking suicide lightly. I'm not. I'm taking it very seriously, which is why I'm doing this. Um, so... I'm what I would like, if you, if you're like a cool, this is, this is, I'm gonna, and Dustin, don't interrupt here. Um, if you are in that age range and are interested in just you don't even have to like hypothetically like I don't want there to be a lot of pressure on this situation so I would like you to know who Dustin is and be single and be like open romantically I suppose but it could also just be like a friend date it is if you want to hang out with Dustin a famous comedy podcast producer um, please email this feels terrible at gmail.com I will say those ladies especially who are maybe a little moody um, or <laughs> you can you can interject if you'd like uh, nope, maybe a little good. maybe a little moody I know that Dustin Smart. Dustin is not in any way uh, shallow but uh, I do notice that he seems to be attracted to I seem to have a type he seems to have a type every girl I've ever dated don't let that stop you if you don't meet this type but like if you are one of those girls with like dark hair uh, maybe it's cut like I don't don't know you know like really sharp haircuts Um, that, that sounds weird but dark, dark, dark hair. There's three qualities that uh, have accidentally occurred in every girl I've ever dated. Okay. They've all been brunettes. They've all been anemic, and they've all really liked Portishead. And I think that about sums it up. Okay. So if that, <laughs> oh boy. But also, like, if you if you also just like have an interest in Dustin and would like to uh, go on a date with him. Email, you have to be in the Los Angeles area. 
and I will set up the date. I'm going to decide what it is. It might be going on a double date with me and me and Dan. Uh, we're always looking for it. Could this this is just going to turn into an excuse for me to play catchphrase, for me to find people to play catchphrase with uh, me. So, email this feels terrible at gmail.com. Subject date for Dustin. Do it like if you're on the fence go ahead and do it um just so just so we know to have an idea of what's uh, of what's happening i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick one to three people send us send us uh send us a link to your to your twitter and your and your facebook so i can get kind of a feel for who you are and uh what it's going to entail will be coming onto the podcast beforehand i'm just gonna do i'm gonna do an interview with you sans dustin somehow and then, uh, and then we'll interview Dustin, and then you guys will go on a date, and then I'll I'll talk to you guys about it. That's all. It's just gonna be an experiment in uh, dating. Maybe we'll turn it into a I don't know a bachelor type situation. I don't know. Low pressure, low pressure, low stakes. I am like the bachelor <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm completely alone. Or I might just adopt a kitten. So let's. Uh you know, let's just do one of those. So this might turn into me getting a cat. Okay. <laughs> I used to adopt senior animals in their terminal days. You hear that, ladies? He's a hospice nurse for kitties. I have been two years without pet. <laughs> girl. Oh, so man. Let's, All right. Let's, so let's find love. Let's do that. Let's turn this sinking ship around. Yeah, there's so there's gonna be somebody out there. It's gonna be it's. I, I have a good feeling about this. Oh, oh, or if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, my friend Miranda doesn't listen to the podcast, but she would be perfect for this. Like she's really into really specific bands and she loves comedy. Also, like if you're really big, if you're a girl and you're a huge comedy fan in LA, like that's that's maybe a plus, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, actually, you don't ha- even have to know what I do. No, no. Uh, you could you could just be you know the soothing sounds of my raspy, tired voice might be all it takes for you to for you to want to mostly just hang out with Dan Harmon and Aaron McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> so community fans, jump all over it. Use me. Take advantage of me. Hurt me, <laughs> please. I love being hurt. This is a perfect commercial in the middle of the event Nicole Brown episode it's, where she's encouraging everyone to find someone who respects them and loves them as much as you love yourself. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, ladies. Date for Dustin. Uh, let's get back to this interview with event Nicole Brown. Is celibacy um, and... Let me know if this is too personal. Okay. But like, is it is it everything, or is it like? And I and I know when you what you're saying, like as far as like it being like a goal. But when you like, yeah, do you have certain? Well, that is, is personal. It like, That's yeah. too personal, Aaron. That's my business. You can't worry to ask me what I do. It's too personal. No, I can't answer that. Okay, it's a goal. It's right. A goal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's okay. leave it at that. Cool. All yeah. right. Great. Well, we I love that Aaron turned red. She's like, oh, no, <laughs> I did, I did, I'm I did. upset, Shirley. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay. So uh, we got some great questions from Twitter. Yay, Twitter. Yay. Um, here we go. This is from Naomi. Hi, Naomi. N-A-Y-M-E-E. This is actually via our Tumblr, uh-huh. which you guys should all follow. This feels terrible, Tumblr. 
Yvette. I am a 20-year-old who is conflicted when it comes to love and relationships. Statistically speaking, as an educated black woman, my chances of finding love is v- are very are very slim. Mm. Excuse me. I've been prepping myself for the possibility of not having the typical happily ever after, but I would love to one day settle down. Am I crazy to think such a thing? Have you ever felt this way? P.S. Your hair is gorgeous, and it's what dreams are made of. <laughs> Naomi. <laughs> hey, Naomi. First of all, you're 20. So 20, she's 20. Yeah, she's 20. Oh, yeah. honey, you're 20. Um, <laughs> I, I believe that you will find what you're looking for. And, and I don't think you should really believe that statistic that says that it's hard for educated black women to find a man. And what is she? I don't, I don't There's a statistic that says, you know, I think it's like over the age of 40, like you're, you're more liable to get hit by a tornado or lightning or something sure. as a black like, woman than to get married oh, and have kids. After that age, what is it about being an educated black woman that would make it? Well, you kind of um, I've met a lot of African-American men that and maybe it's just men in general. Let me not make it a black thing. There's a lot of men in general that don't want a mate that's more that makes more money than them or Mm -hmm. that has a higher education than them. Mm -hmm. So the higher you go up the ranks, there's fewer guys to choose from. So I think that's what she's talking about. And um, if I got those statistics wrong, I didn't say any numbers, but you know what I'm trying to say. If I got it wrong, please let me know. And I apologize. But um, it's there's fewer opportunities, and I think that's what she's talking about. Um, but I don't think she should give up. Like I feel like at twenty, that's way early oh, to be yeah. giving up on yeah. it. And You'll I don't think fine. she's crazy for wanting that. I think it's a beautiful thing to want that, you know. And the other thing is, you know, you might not get married at twenty five or or thirty like most women dream of or do. You know, I'm older than that, and I'm not married yet. But that doesn't mean I'm not believing that I will still find the guy that's right for me. Yeah. You know, so you just got to keep hope alive. This is from uh, at Sally Lou A. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yvette, uh, what was your worst date ever? (laughs) Hey, Sally Lou A. Uh, I got stood up on Valentine's Day probably three, three or four years ago. And it was a guy that let's call him Walter. There was a guy <laughs> and I know he's listening to this so he's probably laughing right now because he knows it. I'm talking about him. Um, there was this guy that I had known and, and gone out with him a couple of times before. Um, and, or maybe not, I don't know how we'd gone out that many times before, but he wanted to, um, to take me out. He really wanted to take me out. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, you know, and he's like, well, you want to do it on Valentine's Day? I'm like, okay. So like we, a first date? No, it wasn't oh, no, a first you guys date. Hung out we had hung out before, okay. but um, this was like a like I think a, a date in earnest. Like let's actually call this a date and let's go out on the date. Right. And um, <laughs> he I don't, can't remember if he was visit because he he lives here now, but he lived in New York at the time. And he was like, um, so yeah, so I'm gonna go. It was a day where I had like five thousand things to do. Like maybe it was like ADR for community and you know a, commer- a commercial audition. It's like all this stuff I had to do. And I already told him it's a very you know tight day, so I really need if we're gonna do this, if I'm gonna cut this time out for us to get together, like it needs to you know. So he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there." And he was visiting from New York, and it was around the time the rainy season. Mm-hmm. And um, and I told him, you know, it's raining, so you got to drive in the rain. Oh, I got it. I got it. I can't wait to see you. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> So I'm sitting at this restaurant. It's Valentine's Day. There's like oh, people getting no. engaged around me. Bottles oh, popping, balloons, you know, it was like the most <laughs> romantic restaurant environment ever. And I'm sitting there with like ice water. <laughs> the ice is melted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the waiter keeps coming over like, 
you still want to wait? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, he's coming. Oh, my God, he's going to be here. He's totally coming. Like, yes, I'll wait. In fact, bring a water for him. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's like, so if somebody walked by the table and, like, I was sitting by myself. And I think I waited. And I still kick myself that I waited this long. I waited 40 minutes, oh. which is a really long time to wait. Um, long time to be sitting long by yourself time to be in a restaurant. On a Valentine's Day. day. Oy, and oy. found out from him later that he got, it was the rain and it was the traffic and he got turned around and he did that. So it was all of this. Um, and this was, was before cell phones? No, he, I, Why didn't I, can't, he call? I can't remember if he was texting me saying I'm on my way, but it doesn't matter if you get a text saying I'm on my way. The point is you're not here. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking like an idiot on yeah. Valentine's Day. And the, yeah. there's nothing worse. You want to talk about a walk of shame. The, the uh, picking up, the paying the bill, uh, nodding at the waiter and getting your little purse and oh walking through no. the people getting engaged and the oh bottles popping. No. And everyone around me who's having the best, most romantic night of their life, they all saw me sit there for 40 minutes by myself and now head down. I'm walking out by myself. It was just like, ah. Uh. So that was the worst almost date of my life. I did air quotes, guys. It was almost a date. Did you go out with that guy again? No. All right. I, we're still friends because he's a cool dude. But right. um, I just feel like, you know, you prioritize. And the, the other thing was, I was like, dude, you knew it was a tight day for me. So like you already pulled me like it was something like aside from the ADR and the commercial and stuff. I probably had like an early call the next day at community. Like mm-hmm. it was like you got me out on a day when I could have been home learning lines or whatever. And you just didn't show like that's yeah. just it's oh, rough. That's a rough one. Oh, boy. It's pretty it's bad. It's a rough one. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, oh, here's, here's, uh, Mark Jeffrey says, uh, does a vet want to go out for dinner next time I'm in town? I like dinner. Dinner is delicious. Mark Jeffries, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter, brother. Or, or white man is a white man, brother. Who is it? <laughs> he looks white. It's Do hard you know? to see from this, from this picture. This picture. I'm looking at your picture now, Mark Jeffries. It's at the, at the bottom. It's hard to tell. Oh, I can't tell if you're a brother or not. Not that it matters, but I just called you brother. And there's two people in the picture. Yeah. So I don't know. Send me a, send me something on Twitter. Oh, his his at name is at Mark is sexier. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote it. Okay. At Mark is sexier. I'll be the judge of that, Mark. <laughs> sexier than who? I don't know. Uh, the, uh, your, the date that stood you up on Valentine's Day. Very intuitive. <laughs> um, here we go. Um... Let's see. A lot of these questions, we I'll, I'll acknowledge uh, Barry Harris, who asked uh, what it was like going into online dating, which we which we talked yeah, we about. Hit that. We hit that. Yeah. Hit um, here's a here's an interesting co- uh, question. Katie Thompson at Katie Thompson seven says, uh, do you look for certain qualities in someone or do you embrace different ones as they come? Oh, that's a good question, Katie. Um, I think everybody looks for certain qualities. And I think that you're kind of playing yourself if you don't embrace the ones that come mm-hmm. um you know back in your 20s i think you have lists of things you know he must be six foot two i've never had that because i'm five two <laughs> i never wanted a tall guy i like short guys but um he's got to be six foot two and he's got to be you know he love his mom and he's got to blah 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 and he lists all this stuff drive a maserati if you're in la whatever it works in la <laughs> um all these different things and um i just think as you get older you just want him to be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, can he just be nice to me and <laughs> can call? He wear shoes? Can he wear shoes and call when he says he's gonna call and like mm-hmm. you know, kind of be funny to make me laugh? Like your your things that you your must haves change. Um, 
And then, you know, I think if you're open to other things popping up about their personality, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised because everybody is so quirky and delicious. Human beings are so interesting. Like just the idea, like if you just pay attention to how people dress themselves, like today, guys, Erin has on this cute little like red lacy little dress and her little tights and her little boots. And she woke up (laughs) and said, this is what I'm doing today. You know, and it's not by consensus. It's not like a bunch of people going, are you going to wear the red? She got up and made the decision. And we've got dust. Dustin. Yeah. I want to say Dusty. I want to say Dusty call so him bad. Dusty, call him Dusty. Can I, I call, call you Dusty? Dusty? Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah, they started doing it. So. Dusty. <laughs> Dusty's got on this cute t-shirt that says low. It's a band that he loves. And so, you know, when he came in, Aaron's like, Aaron's like, hey, hey man, what's what's that t-shirt? He's like, it's a band that I love. He clothed himself in the band that makes music that he enjoys. And so I just feel like we're so interesting. I feel like we have to describe your clothes. No, please wearing- don't today. Please, <laughs> not today. This is, today I look so crazy. I, w- I, I had ADR for the Percy Jackson movie today and oh. I thought it started at 2.30 and it started at 2. Oh, so no. this ensemble is the rush of trying to get out the house and get to Fox in time. So no, this is very cozy. You look kind of, and this is not me making fun of you. You look kind of like a newsy librarian. <laughs> <laughs> agreed. Agreed. It's a horrible outfit. It's so bad that when I get home, I'm throwing it into the Goodwill pile. It's a horrible outfit. No, well, she has I a will. cute little newsy cap. Yeah, and you have like a cozy, like gap, like sweater dress, yes. a little sweater. It's cute. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Everybody, she's being very kind. But um, like I'm saying, everybody has these quirks about them that make them very interesting and special. And I just feel like, you know, if you have this cookie cutter idea of what your guy or your girl is, you're kind of going to miss out. And this is not just relationship, it's friends too. Like sometimes when you branch out and and create um, connections with people that aren't Mm -hmm. like you, they're not the same race, they're not the same weight, they're not, they don't do the same thing. The wonderful things you can discover are just amazing. Totally. Yeah. Do you, do you have any, uh, can you remember any pet peeves with ex-boyfriends or like are there any like specific I mean you just said something very positive about humankind but mm-hmm. if we could just break, make it more, more negative is what I realize <laughs> I'm doing um, but do you because I, I can't imagine I can't imagine you you're so you're so sweet and affable I can't imagine like you like like something getting under your skin but like what gets under your skin you know, I don't like uh, rudeness rudeness really bothers me I think we talked I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or right before the podcast started but um, I remember the saying that said, if someone is nice to you and not nice to the waiter, they're not nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, I pay attention to how people treat the mailman and the the person that serves them their delicious coffee in the morning. Like, how do they treat that person? Right. Um, and so if I'm with someone and it's, and it's, look, we all have days when we're not as gracious as we would like to be. I had this thing happen on Twitter still bothers me to this day i'm gonna talk about it here because it bothers me um there was a there was a a girl on twitter asked me when community was coming back Mm -hmm. and it was on a day where i had been asked that five thousand times (laughs) i did not feel well and as i picked up my phone to go on twitter i'm like you really don't feel well you probably shouldn't be going on twitter right now and i went on twitter and saw the question for the 50,000th time. Right. When I had already put it on my Twitter page. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think out of everybody on community, I let you know what's happening on community probably more than anybody else in the cast. So I had answered this question 5,000 right. times. And if you have Twitter, you also have Google. You have Google and you also have Twitter search, which, you know. Right. Yeah. So I wrote back and this is a girl that I had had Twitter interactions with and I thought we were cool enough for me to respond to her the way I did. Mm-hmm. I was like, did you Google it? Like, 
I mean, right. seriously, <laughs> come on. Did you Google it? Yeah. And she wrote back and was very offended by me suggesting that she Google. And she was like, well, I actually just really like the show and I wanted to see it. And I said, that's great. But, you know, you basically asked me a question that you could have found out for yourself. Like, right. you know, and yeah. again, I don't think that's that. No, but no, but this is the thing. It's, it's not typical of me to respond that way. And it was only because I just didn't feel good. And I was already yeah, in a yeah, real yeah. snarky kind of mood. I'm like, ah. And, um, and also I really should have a commercial for Google because I really believe it's a great resource. And I don't understand <laughs> why people don't use it, but whatever. So apparently this, this girl then opened up that exchange to her followers and her followers apparently are very disgruntled, uh, people. And when I tell you my Twitter feed exploded with people going, ain't nobody watching your doggone show. No, nobody care about you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just said, can you Google? And when I tell you as recently, this happened like probably two, whenever community debuted back in February, uh-huh. it's been two or three months later. I still get random people popping up going, I can't believe she. And I'm like, really? So funny. anyway, all that said, um, the woman, the initial woman that I said you should Google apparently thought that what I said to her was rude. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing this up because there are random moments when someone is not at their best, when they don't give their best back to humanity. So I'm not talking about those random times when someone is a little short with someone because they're having a bad day or they don't feel well or something really horrible happened in their life. And they just don't have it to muster to be decent in that moment. I'm talking about people that as a rule (laughs) are not nice as a rule only care about people that can do something for them. Those types of people, that's a pet peeve for me. And, um, I want to say one more thing about that Google situation. I was really bothered, not because her team of followers turned on me and and most of them were black women. That broke my heart because I'm like, can we, come on, sis, come on, you know, sister, come on. (laughs) Um, I was really bothered by that. But what bothered me more is that I had had interaction with this woman. So she knew my character. She knew that, Right. However, she took my response. She knew that it was not characteristic of who I am as a person. Maybe she thought that she wasn't more gracious. Yeah, I just like, thought that she would have been like, even if she would have said, Yvette, that don't even sound like you. Like, are you having a bad day? Like, right. that would have been my response if it's someone that's always been kind to me, in my estimation, has not been kind back for this one time. I would have been like, whoa, did you get hacked? You know what I mean? Like, I would have made a joke about it. And the other side of it is, you know, after I realized that I had been harsh, I was like, girl, I'm sorry. I, I don't feel well. I'm just already annoyed. I'm sorry. Yeah. But the apology never landed. It was not enough that I apologized. It was just, how dare I? And I was like, oh, come on. We got to cut each other more slack than that. You know? Yeah. So, but anyway, so back to the, if you're not nice to the waiter, you're not a nice person. I think that you need to pay attention to that. And and it's not enough that people are good to you. How are they to people that can do nothing for them? Mm-hmm. That's when you know their character. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I'll take it. Yay. <laughs> should take it, everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah, th- this is this this question's interesting, and I don't, I don't even know how I would answer this. But uh, Caitlin Parks says, "What relationship habit do people fall into that frustrates you most?" So I guess like if you're thinking about like your friends' relationships or relationships that you're around. Oh, uh, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves uh, is when people who have been in the trenches with you find their love and then drop you like a you yeah. know your friends get their boyfriend and you can't get them on the phone anymore. Um, don't do that to yeah. each other. Giving everybody. up your friends. Don't give up your, your friend. Yeah. Like it, there's a cocoon phase where everybody you love and you kind of, you know, hibernate together for a month or so, but mm-hmm. not get that. Enjoy, enjoy your new love. Enjoy your new love. But after that, come back out and embrace your friends because as soon yeah. as the, the relationship is over, then they call it. 
girl, what you doing? I'm with my friends that I've been with for six months while you were in love. I'm with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't come back and pick somebody up because now you've been dumped, you know? So I hate that. I, I think we should, you've got to find a way to be with your with your love and with your friends. Absolutely. Mm. And one of the most gratifying things ever is integrating your yeah, partner into your with friends. Your friendship life, yeah. And sometimes it's a bad sign when you you're subconsciously like oh I'm not gonna bring mm-hmm. him around mm-hmm. my my friends and it's more than just like the cocoon phase it's like past that where mm-hmm. you're like hey I probably have a bad time at this party with my friends or my friends probably yeah wouldn't. that's a good sign not I mean good. that's not a good sign like if you're if you're someone that you're trying to be with and you your your friend life and your relationship life has to mix at some point if it's somebody you're going to end up with. So that's not a good sign. Yeah. Mix. And it's awesome when your friends bless your relationship mm-hmm. and are really excited. They know about you better it. than anybody. So they, they kind of know when you found your, yeah. your lobster. Yeah. <laughs> your lobster. Friends. <laughs> friends call back everybody. Friends call back. Um, uh, Julieta Colas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Juju Julieta. Yep, Juju Julieta. Is it Am I pronouncing her last? I've met her a million times. I and know. I, I don't her. think Colas. I am. Coletas. Colas. 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 Sorry, Julieta. Uh, <laughs> the way you said that, said that sounded like I wasn't sorry. She really was sorry. I saw her face. I'm sorry, Julieta. Um, I should Google how to pronounce her name. Uh, <laughs> here we go. That. Uh, yes. What was it like when you learned that Malcolm Jamal Warner <laughs> would play your husband? Oh, as in, what did that mean to your 14-year-old self? My 14-year-old self was so happy. You know, it's funny. I think I may have said this in an interview or so. When I was a kid watching Cosby Show, I said to myself, I'm going to marry Malcolm Jamal Warner. <laughs> and I mean, look, so did every other 14-year-old black chick, you know, across the nation. But I really did think I was going to marry him. So um, it's kind of awesome that essentially I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Shirley married Andre and it was played by Malcolm. Um, that was like, you know, however long my career is, that's going to be one of the highlights of it. Yeah. You know, and, and thanks to community and Dan for letting that happen. You know, and he's a lovely man. I, I know I've is joked. He, yeah, what is he? What is he like? He's very grounded, very, um, very smart, very caring, very conscious, mm-hmm. um, very grounded, um, great conversationalist, talented. He plays bass. He's got a band, um, does like spoken word. Um, and in a lovely relationship, let me get that out there. <laughs> in a lovely relationship, and very, very happy in his relationship. So, no, don't get the wrong idea, Eva, uh, anybody about this. I'm not, um, like I said, always, like, like I said, like, you're about to Freudian say, don't slip. get the wrong idea, Eva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, don't. Was that a Freudian slip? No. But like I said earlier, like, I think that you should respect people's relationships. And I think that it's beautiful that he's found, you know, a love and, and they're committed and it's great. So I support that a hundred percent as much as I think he is fabulous. I yeah. think he's fabulous from afar. You know what I mean? I think he's fabulous in a, in a, um, in a safe place. You know, mm-hmm. I would never ever even dream of crossing that line or dreaming of crossing that line. Did you talk to him about the Cosby show at all? Um, I, not much, you know, because there's so much about Malcolm that is so beyond just the Cosby show that if you meet him and only have a conversation about a co- the Cosby show, you've really missed out on, on what's really great about him. There's so right. much more to him than, than that. You know, he's just, he's really a deep guy. He's really, really deep. So yeah, like are his eyes as deep and sparkling in person <laughs> as they are You're on trying the to get me to go down a road. I shouldn't <laughs> No, he's, um, I've joked about this. Like I'm, and, and I thankfully I've gotten to a place where my crush is no more. Cause I had a, a huge crush on him where he would come right. to work and I just would be like, oh, my God, he's, right, he's right there. I was like 14 again. Um, but yeah, he's, he's dreamy. He's dreamy yeah. in that, you know, unattainable 
got a girlfriend way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's safe. He's got a girlfriend way. He's very dreamy. Did you meet his girlfriend? I do know his girlfriend. That's um, nice. I don't know her, you know, like really well, but I have met her through the years and she's she's lovely as well. They're a great. They're perfectly matched. It's a great couple. Very nice. Yeah. <sighs> he's so. I know you think he's dreamy, too. Yeah. Did you want to marry Theo, too? <laughs> <laughs> I him and um cockroach oh god it was this character he was like the nerdy he was dating um Vanessa maybe oh god who was am it I Dondre, thinking was it Robert Dondre Whitfield he's um, cute yeah I think that's who I'm talking yeah, yeah. They, he's cute yeah I, w- I wish I I'm sorry sorry listeners I'm no not. no it's alright it's alright um okay I'm gonna give you one more gonna be really good mm-hmm. um before i give you that question uh shooting stars only said yvette i really have nothing to ask just wanted to say that you are beautiful and such a wonderful actor in person your warmth inspires me and you're such a badass badass on community and uh i love you you're amazing oh is that shooting stars uh shoot shooting stars only thank you shooting yeah. stars only that's really nice thank you very nice here we go. So final question. Oh, no. Final question, everybody. <laughs> um, Yvette, I'm yeah. in my mid-20s, and when I was in high school, I watched a lot of my friends get pressured into having sex mm. and deal with the consequences that came with it. So I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't have sex until I was ready. Well, that time is now, but I'm finding it really hard to explain to the guys I go on dates with why I'm still a virgin slash why I don't want to jump in, uh, why I don't want to jump right into a sexual relationship. Mm. Anyways, on how to go about doing that. How old is she? Crystalline, um, mid twenties. Oh, Crystalline. Um, this is what I'll say: if you speak your truth in any situation, and the person you're talking to cannot accept it, that is not the person for you. If that is in a business relationship, if that's friends, if that's ro- romantic, if you say to a man that you're interested in, "I need to take it slow because this is important to me," and he goes, "What? Not your guy." You know, and I know it's easier said than done, but I'm living it too. I'm I'm in the trenches with you too. And um, because you've waited so long, I really want your first experience. I'd love for it to be at marriage, but I'm not going to force that on you, girl. But um, <laughs> I want your first experience to be one with someone that's worthy of you. So that means um, you don't you don't want the easy route and anything that's worth having is, is worth working for the things that come easy are never worthwhile. And as you get older, you'll realize that to be true. So I would say, continue to speak your truth. Don't be afraid of telling what telling guys, what you need and the person that you are. And then if they cannot meet you in that place, it's not your guy. It's not the end of the world to be the only one not having sex. I promise you it's not. And if you pay, if you live long enough and watch the people that are just tossing it around you'll see a lot more heartache than, than how you feel being alone right now. I promise you that. So just wait until it's the right guy. Do you ever, do you ever worry that like, that like in her, in in Crystalline's situation, which is, or I I don't know. I, I think like, I know speaking from personal experience, like the, because of the way that I was brought up and how I was, um, really committed to abstinence Mm -hmm. and because of that true love true love weights program that I went through that was talking about like regarding this regarding sex the same way that that you're talking about it which I think like on one hand I'm like I I think that's really wonderful and I think that we should 
uh, put a lot of weight to, like you said, like, like literally having somebody inside, inside you. your body. Yes. But like, do you sometimes I worry that it makes it such a huge deal that it's terrifying a little bit or that it's like it's so weighty that if it goes poorly then it's like well like well, my, my greatest gift w- was awful well it's gonna terrible. go poorly the first time right that's a given <laughs> i mean that's just what it is um so let that go crystal it's gonna go poorly um right. i'm probably i mean i don't know maybe it won't go poorly i don't know um i just i don't know i just feel like there's so many different people telling everyone what they should and should not do. Yeah. And you kind of got to follow your inner compass. That's why I say no judgment. Like I, I've made the choice for myself to be celibate. I don't, what you do, what Dusty does, that's, that's your business. It's not my business, what you do and who you do it with. I just need to be, con- Dusty be- kills people. Dusty, not good. I will judge that. <laughs> and Dusty goes, uh oh. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, there were, yeah, everybody has their own. Yeah, everybody their has their own, their own path. And, and we all know what feels right within us, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can try to be hipper than you are or, you know, whatever, but you know, when you're stepping across the line that you've drawn for yourself, we all know that we've all been in a situation and it's not even just sexually. It can be, you know, a decision you make while doing your taxes. It can be a decision you make, you know, when writing a tip for someone, I don't know. We all have that inner compass that goes, dang, that was whack what I just did. Or dang, that really was not true to what is important to me. And as long as you are true to what's important to you. Now I feel you should line it up with what God says, but that's me. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody has to make their own decision. If you are going to the left or the right of what you know is right for you, your gut will tell you Mm -hmm. and you will not find peace or happiness in those decisions. Right. Guaranteed. Even if it's momentarily pleasurable, if you're going outside of what you know to be right for yourself, it is going to grieve your spirit. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So she has to be true to herself. Totally. Well, and it's it's very uh, listening to you talk about celibacy and like the conscious decision to be celibate is very empowering Mm -hmm. and is you know and I'm sure like for you to live that choice and to have like made that choice initially like it's all very there it's 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 so great that it's that it's so conscious that it's not like it's not an accident yeah and it's not and it's not easy like I think people think that I'm celibate because I don't have choices I have choices (laughs) I have offers you know yeah Um, yeah, no I'm kidding but no there's there's I there's guys in my life that would be very interested in that with me and um there's guys that are in my life that I'd be interested in that with them. Mm-hmm. But I have to pay attention to, again, what my inner compass says. And I don't feel, you know, that even really, really great sex is worth um, running afoul of what I know to be correct for me right. and where God is taking me. So I can't. And I have friends that are, you know, <laughs> there have been guys that they are aware of that are in my life that could it could go that way. And my friends would be like, girl, you better you better let you know so <laughs> not all my friends are holy i got friends that really think some things need to be handled in my life you know and i have to tell them you know yeah that it it actually would probably be really great feeling to right. do that it would be an awesome evening to do that but when i wake up the next day again just me mm-hmm. when i wake up the next day I know that I will have known that what I did was against what I, what the goal is. It would have been against what I'm trying to do in my life. And that feeling after would be everything. 
more so than the pleasure of the moment or the moments with the hot guy. You know what I mean? So I just, I just want, I want a different, I make, I'm making different choices in my life. And again, I'm grown. Like this is, I'm not, I'm beyond the hit the club scene. I'm beyond the, you know, that's no longer the, 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 the stage of life that I'm in. So it's, it's a little different for me to be able to be settled and know, because I know where those things lead. I see people doing it now. Cause I have friends that are younger than me and I just go, Oh, well, you know, <laughs> she'll learn, you know, yeah. and, and we all learn, we all learn. At what point do you have that conversation with somebody that you're going out with? I'm very upfront about it. Um, because I don't want to trap anybody into being in a relationship with someone and they want to get somebody and not getting any. Yeah. I need to be very upfront about that. Um, and I also don't want any <laughs> misunderstandings, Sure, you know, sure. because when you get in the heat of the moment, there can be misunderstandings. So you need to understand I'm not going to sleep with you. Yeah. I may kiss you. I may hold your hand. I may, you know, roll around with you a little bit, but I'm not going to, not going <laughs> to sleep with you. And roll around can mean various things. Everybody, I gave nothing away, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I will let them know I'm not going to sleep with you. Right. I think I have a very like a uh, literal brain. I just pictured you like tumbling down. Yeah, just rolling around. Just a little wrestling, little wrestling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just think that you need to draw your line, you know? Right. You know, and I, and there's, there's a lot of things that you can do that creates a connection that's not, sexual in nature per se you know i love kissing like kissing's great mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's a lot of stuff that you can do um that isn't running afoul of what your personal choices are right because even people that are sexually active there's things that they there's lines <laughs> like everybody's sexually active is not doing everything yeah. there's certain things that some people are like hey wait a minute you know <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, not, not there you know what i mean so i just think it's the same thing when you're when you're celibate it's a personal decision how and i know people that are celibate that don't even kiss yeah. They're like, I'm not kissing because wow. kissing will lead to this and that. But I, I'm, I know that I'm able to stop myself from going beyond where I'm comfortable. So it's okay. Absolutely. And Crystal and I, like, I, I'm sure that she'll like when you, well, speaking for myself, my most like intimate, like I enjoy having sex, but in a, in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but my most like intimate moments are not spent having sex having sex it's, my most intimate moments are like giggling at the same thing right when, when dan and i are watching a movie right or uh or like i'd say like the most maybe I, I haven't mentioned this on the podcast but like it was like four months ago five months ago i was taking a shower at dan's house which i now live in but i was, I was taking a shower and i had a flu and I like passed out mm. in the shower or like I walked out. I knew I was going to I wasn't feeling well. I walked out of the shower and like passed out on the floor, like the saddest, mm. the, the saddest visual possible. No towel just lying on yeah. the floor. And I think like the most intimacy and the most love I've ever had for anybody was Dan coming he in, like picked, like, like, picked me yeah. up and, and, you know, carried Tended me in. And, yeah. Yeah. And I must have looked so terrible <laughs> with it's mascara right. no, running everywhere right. and red. And I mean, the thing is, there's, and... there's 24 hours in a day. And, you know, by most accounts, uh, sex doesn't last very long. So if all your relationship is built on is that 15 minute to an hour, if you're lucky, mm -hmm. situation, then you got 23 hours and 45 minutes for some sad people to fill with yeah. something else. Um how sad would it be if all you have to look forward to is that 15 minutes to an hour right. where you feel connected to another human being? If you don't have moments where you're sitting on a couch giggling about something, if you don't have moments where 
you know, you're, you're holding hands and sitting quietly or sitting in a room, not saying anything together. Like if you don't have those moments to build the foundation of the relationship, you're really um, selling yourself short. Totally. Well, yeah. I, I, I've had, I've had relationships that were really important to me at the time, but I don't think as much to the other person that were just like, we, we just had a lot of sex because that's when mm -hmm. I felt like close to somebody right. But for them. It was like sex. And then, you know, we wouldn't talk. Yeah. The time. That? that seems so awful. just awful to me. Yeah. That seems terrible, really awful. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize until afterwards where I was like, oh, like, yeah, do... there was no connection. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why was I so uh, desperate for this person? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can fill a lot of things in when you're sleeping with somebody. You can you can project a lot on a mm -hmm. person that's. Uh, yeah, because they look. Yeah, they're inside you. So you're yeah. feeling that there's a closeness there and there's a soul tie. You think that there's something there that isn't there. Totally. You know, um, soul tie, soul ties. We've learned something today, everybody. That's so good. Soul tie. Soul tie. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that mice. I have too many soul ties. Oh, honey, it's okay. <laughs> I, I think maybe I'm covered in fringe. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, the thing is you can be healed from that stuff. Like it's, it's, um, the first real loving relationship that you have where you feel validated and, and, um, supported can take care of a lot of that stuff. And you're, you know, you may have walked away from your faith, but you are, you were born as a person of faith. So mm -hmm. you know who God is, and you know, it's as simple if, if it, you felt that it was a struggle and it was a hindrance in your current relationship that you're trying to build, just ask the Lord to remove them. Like, Lord, please forgive me from the stuff that I've done before. And please don't let it be a hindrance to the relationship I'm trying to build right now. Right. And have me get back on the path that I need to be on that you've ordained for me. Cause it's not about what anybody else thinks about what you're doing. It is, I've said this in another podcast, and I think that a lot of people of faith forget this. There's things in the Bible that say, judge not lest ye be judged. There's things in the Bible that say, don't fiddle with, fiddle with, take care of the splinter in your eye. I mean, the, the plank in your eye before you fiddle with the splinter in someone else's eye. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens um, in the faith community is that we're so busy telling other people what they shouldn't do that we're forgetting that we're not supposed to be judging. I'm not equipped to judge what anybody else is doing. I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual enough to be able to decide what someone else should do in their life. All I can say is God is available. He loves you and he'd love to talk to you whenever you have time. That's all I can say. And then once you get with God, he will correct and write anything that he deems is not your best. And that's between you and God to get it right. If you choose to, you know, so I'm just saying, because you know this stuff, because it's in you, even if you haven't touched on it in a long time, it's in you. He's available to, to fix any of that. Right. So don't ever, don't, it's never about condemnation. It's never should be about that. There's no condemnation in Christ. That's in the Bible too. So if you're feeling condemned, that ain't Jesus. <laughs> that ain't Jesus. Oh. Thank you. Well, one, one last question I lied. Mm -hmm. um, this is from at Aaron McGaffey. Uh, <laughs> of that, uh, yeah. describe you, uh, your what what would be like your if you could paint the picture of like the most romantic evening or like the mm -hmm. most romantic date if we like uh no no budget it could be anywhere this is gonna be so interesting it's gonna <laughs> tell a lot about me the most romantic evening for me would be ordering in sitting on my couch mm -hmm. with a guy i adore who adores me and like marathoning something nice Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, yeah. Homeland, just sitting there and just watching episode after episode 
and no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I said that scripture wrong. Everybody, <laughs> Bible scholars do not call. Send your letters to Aaron McGath. No, <laughs> Care of you Dusty. No. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. That was the episode, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for those excellent questions. Uh, you can follow uh, Feels Terrible, this Feels Terrible on Twitter at Feels Terrible. You can, can follow me at Erin McGathy. You can follow uh, Yvette Nicole Brown at Yvette Nicole Brown. Watch Community Thursdays at 8 p.m. on NBC. And uh, please uh, remember the uh, uh, date for Dustin if you are a potential match for Dustin or you have a friend that's a date for Dustin forget email. that whole thing no disregard that segment are you serious no I'm doing it no life I'm just <laughs> playing that playing <laughs> this up now no I'm right. a nice guy I'm... yeah he's a great guy um, no it's nice I mean it's more appealing that you don't want it so ladies he doesn't want it so please email uh, oh, I don't Dave want Dustin. it so bad <laughs> <laughs> um, buy your tickets for the This Feels Terrible live show. Please. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Aaron, I'm really excited about it. what about our live shows? What are we going to do with those? We have two other ones. Yes, we are going to, I promise to, I'm going to do it. it was, they're going to be out soon. Very, very soon. So stay tuned for those. Uh, also, I really like Instagram. So <laughs> follow, follow me there. And, uh, you know, keep it, keep it clean, everybody. Keep it clean. Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.